Hi and welcome to episode 7 in the new series of Canny Conversations, powered by The Pathway Group. My name's Mark Wakeley and I'm one of the team who bring you these podcasts we hope inform and inspire you, giving you an insight into the world of The Pathway Group. If you're new to the podcast, let me tell you there are already 46 episodes out there and you can listen to all the past episodes by searching for Canny Conversations on your preferred podcast platform or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen. The main person behind the Pathway Group is Safraz Ali. Saf set himself up as a social entrepreneur over 22 years ago. Being raised in Birmingham's Alum Rock, his early life and experiences gave him an insight into the life and needs of an inner city community, which is at the core of his passion for improving the lives of people through education, training and apprenticeships. In this week's episode, Saf explains how lean, agile, responsive and consistency supports the performance of the organisation. He explores the power of learning from peers, how teams are more than just a group of people who work together and the only three ways you have to increase sales from your customers. So let's hear from Saf. Hello and welcome again. We're going to talk about company culture or our organisation culture and how we do things around here. And one of the things that we regularly talk about is, as an organization, how do we uh, stay at the forefront? And you know, we believe that's about being lean, agile, and we talk about being responsive, we talk about being consistent as well. So lean, agile, responsive, and consistent as, as an organization. So this process of being lean, agile, responsive, and consistent as an organization uh, goes back to our sort of core values. The, the core values that we've spoken about in the past, quality is everyone's responsibility, ownership, accountability, responsibility in all that we do, and always start with the best intention. Act in the best interest of us all, gain and build trust uh, in all that we do. Combine that together, that gives you a lean, agile, and responsive and consistent approach. As I keep saying, living and breathing our core values will get us to a position where we can be lean, you know, we can be lean, agile, uh, responsive, and consistent. We can be in a position where you know we're seen as a, a successful provider. We can be seen as a relevant organization. We can be seen as a benchmark for others. We can be seen as an organization that's leading the way, an aspirational organization. We can be seen as an organization that people want to work with and, and be part of. So, if we delve a little bit deeper in terms of this lean, agile, responsive, and consistent approach, we want to be in a position where you know we try and simplify matters as much as possible. We're in a position where we reduce complexities, we um, reduce problems wherever possible in our business. I mean, the world of business and any organisation, there's many problems. Uh, there's continuous problems. You know, uh, it's our ability to resolve those problems, to overcome those problems, to learn from those problems, which is a way of staying relevant or staying focused and staying consistent in our approach. And it's how we deal with those problems, which which is really the differentiator in many cases uh, in terms of how we do things. And because of our approach of problem solving and problem resolving resolutions is a way for us to hopefully get better customers, you know, ensuring the fact that our customers are satisfied, that we excel in that relationship and we deliver the outcomes and we deliver the returns that, that are there. A key part of that is uh, internal challenges support that we talk about, internal challenges support. So, you know, we, we have a culture of 
peer coaching. We have a culture of peer support. We have a culture of pastoral support. But the benefits of you know having peers and working with peers is often it gives you an element of mutual learning. And we've got you know a number of peers that we have. We have peers who are uh, at the same level as us. We have peers who are ahead of us. We've got experience. We've got peers who are behind us in terms of you know the the, the journey as well. And in each case, uh, there's different learnings. There's, in each case, there's benefits of working with those peers. You know, when one teaches to learn, so when you're teaching somebody else, when you're showing somebody else, you're also learning as well. So that's one of the benefits of peer support. There's an element of mutual learning. There's an element of innovation. There's an element of you know, getting new perspective. We're in a position where, you know, it enhances teamwork. I'm talking about teams and uh, teamwork. You know, our go-to quote for everything about teamwork and really, therefore, peer challenge and support is that we are not a team because we are working together. We are not a team because we're working together. We are a team because we make each other better. We make each other stronger. So we're not a team because we just work to, We happen to work together. We're a team because we actually enhance each other. We make each other better. We make each other stronger. And I think that's our go-to quotation in terms of teamwork. You know, so when you think about teamwork and, well, you, know, you know, are you a good team player? Think about this quotation. Do you actually enhance the team? Do you, are you an asset to that team? You know, do you bring value to that team? Are you making that team better? So that's our go-to quotation. And if, again, if you think about teamwork and team players and so forth, go back to that and that will sort of get you to understand your contribution and get you to understand that. If I go back to the three groups of people in terms of uh, sort of peer support and, and peer learning, you know, th- those people that are ahead of us in a specific area, those at the same level as us, and then those people who are sort of behind us in a specific area, I think it's important to understand the benefits of, of each of those. In, and we've got to have in our pool of people that we're working with and communicating with those groups of people. And for us to get that full benefit of peer support and peer challenge and supporting each other and make us better in terms of what we do, we've got to be able to understand those types, three types of peers uh, and have those in our midst of our uh, working relationship. And uh, that allows us to reflect better ourselves. That allows us to improve our own performance. And I think that's, that's the key for us in terms of you know, really understanding that. And it's one of those things that you know, the best way to learn and grow yourself is to support others really is the best way to learn and grow is to be in a position where you're continuously supporting others, you're continuously coaching, you're in a position, even if you're, you know, don't have the manager in your job title, you don't have the leader in your job title, if you're in that position where you're the go-to person, where you're actually in a, in a position where, you know, you're asking the right sort of levels of questions, you're asking the li- right levels of open questioning. And a lot of it is about the questions you ask, uh, and that's the difference, you know, you, the, it's the questions, it's your level of questioning which distinguishes the impact that you have. The open questioning, the sort of diverse range of sort of questions, and the impact of those questions have on that perspective of that individual. You know, if you can ask a question which gets that person to think and, and changes potentially their own perspective, uh, then I think you're in that better position. So, you know, we all want to be in a position where we can potentially enhance uh, the value that we bring. You know, we can help somebody have better insights. We can have somebody to potentially 
change their perspective if you need. And again, the questions are going to be key. And it's how we ask those questions and the reason why we ask those questions. And a lot of that is then the follow-on, the supplementary questions, the questions coming from follow-on questions. It's not just questions on a script to say, you know, this question or that question were there. They're not really linked. It's questions in a supplementary follow-up questions. And it's those follow-up questions that then connects the, the dots, connects everything uh, together. Then bring together the, the core issues. It brings to the surface the actual problem. Even if the problem isn't uh, initially straightforward in terms of bringing straightforward there, but that element of reflective practice, that element of core issues that are raised, then builds up the momentum and again that understanding the fact that from those we can move on. And what we find is that you know we all have to a certain level the uh, blind spots. And there's a there's an image, there's a sort of like a diagram that we've used before in the past, which is called Juhari's window. It's something that that I often use uh, when I'm talking to people. And that's about, you know, things that are known to you, known to yourself. There's certain things that are not known to you, but they are known to others. So it's that Johari's window. And again, I will try and get you to sort of have a look of that. It's something that, you know, I often use. It talks about blind spots. Uh, it talks about things that, you know, may not, may be hidden, may not be on the surface to yourself. It also uh, allows you to sort of understand your sort of potential, uh, your unknown potential as well. And again, I think that's absolutely uh, vital in terms of the advantage that you have, the the sort of competitive advantage, the unfair advantage that we all each have, and also how do we get to that position where we the best version of ourselves? You know, how do we get to that position where you know we are grasping the opportunity, the potential that we have? And that's something again I would suggest. You know, we all get to attune to, we all start understanding ourselves. We all understand, you know, start understanding our relationship with sales. If somebody said to you, business development sales, and, you know, you turn around and say, well, actually, I'm not, I'm not about sales. Sales is not my forte. What does that mean in terms of impression that you're giving? What does that mean in terms of impact on the business? You know, because truthfully speaking, you know, we should all get sales. We should all be understanding how important sales are and how we all need to sell in our different ways and how we all need to promote the business. We all need to promote, you know, what we do things. And, you know, we live in a world where it is very much media-driven. It is about getting the message across and we all need to become ambassadors for this organization. We all need to be in a position where we can nurture uh, relationships with, with the customers, new relationships, existing relationships. We could be in a position where, you know, cross-refer customers. We could be in a position where we bring opportunities, even if you're not in sales, you know, and we all need to be in sales, you know, in terms of how we think about selling and, and so forth, how we as individuals can bring opportunities to the organization, enhance value and get that win-win-win for all. And I think that's important for us to all reflect on. I'm going to move a little bit on to uh, this Pareto principle, Pareto, Pareto's law. And some of, some of us may have heard this 80-20 rule. And I think it's important that we reflect on that because there's patterns in how we do things and patterns in our approach. So sometimes, you know, what you find is that 20% of your effort gives you 80% of your results. So 80% of your effort may only bring you 20% of the results. So it's that 80-20 rule. And it's like going back to 
different things. You know, we may have a sort of a wardrobe full, but there's maybe 20% of items in the wardrobe that we wear 80% of the time. So there's going to be many things like that. So, you know, 20% of our customers might give us 80% of ourselves. 20% of our efforts internal in terms of the time that we spend actually gives us 80% of the results that we're seeking. And it's really getting that grip of this 80-20 rule, that Pareto, uh, Pareto principle. 20% effort, 80% results. What does that mean? You know, 20% of our customers, as I said, bring 80% of our revenue. 80% of our work is completed by 20% of the team. 80% of our complaints come from 20% of our customers. 20% of our marketing efforts gives you 80% of results. And it's that really 80-20 rule. And once we get that, and once we see patterns, because again, going back to our pillars, the numbers, the data, you can start measuring, you can start seeing these things. And you know, what we measure, we can improve. We can start seeing trends. We can start seeing patterns. And we can start seeing how we can improve things because we've got more awareness. We're more emotionally uh, savvy. We're more aware of these things. And as a result of that, you know, we're going to have better business acumen. We're going to be more business aware. And we're going to make, hopefully, the better decisions, the right decisions, and the decisions are in the right way as well. And so these are general, easy sort of principles that we can all adhere to. And these are general lessons that we can learn, no matter what we do in terms of our work. And these are, uh, I think, enhancing principles for your career, enhancing principles for your results, and hopefully get us to a position where you know, your contribution will be much improved and you, know, you will feel the fact you, you're sort of uh, seeing the results of some of the work. And sometimes our intention might be to deliver our results. Nobody really wants to fail. And what you find is that it's these techniques that allow us to perform better. And it's these techniques, these coaching techniques that allow us to deliver better results, to yield better results. And it's really, you know, getting to that position where we get higher performance or better performance. And, you know, somebody might have the intention to, to do certain things, but they may not have the technique or they're not applying the right techniques or they may not have the right approach to deliver the impact that the individual wanted and really is getting that position, they're getting that right. So if we talk about the customers that we have, the perfect customer, not all customers are right for us. And it's really is getting that position of what are those customers which are which are right. Part of that is about that product time matrix. There's going to be customers that are picking the right products. There's going to be customers that we've got the balance of time with them. There's going to be thing, you know, things that we're aware of, you know, what the impact of those customers that we have. And if you, if you think about customers, there's only three things that we can do in terms of customer and, and customer acquisition. We can get customers to buy, actually start transacting with us. So this is about getting customers to start a relationship with us, acquiring customers. So get customers to buy. We can get customers to buy more. And so this is about volume. You know, maybe uh, we have a product that we sell to that customer, but they may not be aware. So you go into that sort of tell and sell, you know, are they aware of this? How we try to uh, sell them the benefits of that? And you get customers to buy more often. So you get them, get customers to buy, get the customers to buy more, get customers to buy more often. And I think that is an element of us as an organization becoming lean, agile, responsive, and consistent in our approach. We can do more. We can give more. If we understand customer maximization, if we understand, you know, how we deliver impact, if we understand the fact that, you know, how do we ensure the fact that those moments 
of working with those customers, we can enhance the positivity, we can make it easier for that customer, we can reduce friction, we can, we can enhance our service. And we can only do that if we have customers at the forefront of our mind. We think customers, we think our products, we think customer service, we think customer value, we think customer impact, we think the experience of that customer that's having, we think about the results that we're giving, we're giving, we think about the outcomes, we think about improvement, you know, and we, we do that continuously. We do that plan, do, check, and act approach. It's a continuous cycle of improvement in terms of business. And, you know, as a business, you know, we, we want to be consistent. We want to be ensuring the fact that as our customer service is consistent, so they get a service, uh, say, Monday, 9 o'clock, that's consistent to some, you know, them phoning at, say, uh, Friday, 5 o'clock. You know, it's, it's consistent in terms of that experience that individual ha- has. You know, we stay lean, we stay agile, we stay responsive. You know, we live and breathe our, our core values. We keep ourselves accountable in terms of we, we, all that we do. We have ownership for our own learning. We have ownership of our own growth. We take responsibility for that. You know, we understand the fact that quality is all our responsibility. You know, sales is all our responsibility. We're all part of that sort of development and part of that growth. Not only do we start with the best intention, we all we understand the fact that it starts with the intention. We, we act in the inter- best interest of the business. We act in the best interest of us all. And we ensure the fact that we build that trust and we ensure the fact that we deliver the results. And hopefully, as a result of that, we stay lean, agile, and responsive and consistent in everything that we do. So thank you so much for listening again. Uh, Much appreciate your time. Thank you once again. If you want to understand how SAF and the business reach the point of developing a strategic overview, why not listen to the rest of this current series, which can be found on the usual podcast platforms under Canny Conversations or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please like, review, subscribe or follow. And please tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you'd like to know more, then go to cannyconversationspodcast.co.uk or go to SAF's website, safraz.co.uk. SAF has also written a series of easy to follow business books, Canny Bytes. And these are available from cannybytes.co.uk forward slash buy the book. We'll be back next week with another Canny Conversations podcast. So until then, have a good week. This is a 1386 audio production.